welcome to the Creative Financing Podcast, where you'll learn how to structure terms and use various creative financing strategies to create profitable deals for short and long-term wealth. Whether you're a buy and hold investor, wholesaler, or flipper, learning creative financing will help you do more deals and unlock profits that you may not even know existed. On the Creative Financing Podcast, we break down actual deals we and our guests are doing and simplify the methods and terms used to execute these strategies. Now, let's dive in and create some terms. Hello and welcome to the Creative Financing Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Gallegos, here with... Jeff Rappaport. And today, guys, we're going to be talking about cross-collateralization. Uh, we had a phone call from one of our listeners, Mike, from San Antonio, Texas, who asked about um, our experience with using cross-collateralization uh, in creative ways uh, for buyers or sellers on real estate. So <clears throat> I guess you talked to this gentleman already, right, Jeff? Correct. And, um, and so now we're going to kind of use this, uh, use his example uh, on the podcast. So we're going to talk about that because. Do you, you want to play that recording, Jonathan, or do you want to just summarize it? Yeah, I'll just summarize it. Okay. Um, so he, he called in and he asked, you know, if, uh, if you find a property and um, you're going to sell it to a seller, I mean, excuse me, to a buyer who has, um, say they only have $10,000 in the bank, but they have a truck. This is the example uh, Mike used. They have a truck that's free and clear that's worth $30,000. Um, he asked if we've ever, or if we would uh, use that truck as collateral for that other $10,000 if we were seeking say $20,000 down on a property. Um, so yeah, we're going to talk about that. Uh, Jeff, what's, what's your experience with cross collateralization? Um, cause I myself don't, I haven't really had any experience other than, um, you know, on, on one of my lenders that, uh, borrows me money. He, he likes to cross collateralize, uh, against another property that, own, that I own, um, to further secure himself. And so, so, so what, why, don't, why don't you define what cross collateralization is first, <clears throat> Jonathan? So you're using you're, you're using, uh, a, some kind of collateral, whether that's a vehicle, whether that's, um, a lien against another property, um, you're using that, uh, as additional security, um, for, whatever you may be purchasing or lending on even. Um, so, you know, if, if there's uh, if there's money owed and people don't have that money up front, that cash isn't there up front, they can use something there for collateral, right? Just like if um, you were to get a, a loan on your, you know, vehicle that's free and clear, the, the vehicle, you know, you go to the bank and say, hey, I, I own this vehicle free and clear. Well, they, the bank will take the title, they'll hold the title and they'll give you cash and they'll make you a loan till you pay it back. Right. So that's, that's what we're talking about here, but using that, um, using some kind of collateral for, uh, investing in real estate, buying or selling. So when, when I've, when I've done it or when I've seen it, uh, the, whatever the, the property is that you're trying to get a loan on. Maybe there's not enough equity in it 
for the amount of the loan, or maybe it's tight, or maybe you're just not uh, a strong borrower. And to get the deal done, you agree to not only collateralize the property that you're, you're potentially getting a loan on, but it could be to make up, you know, on another property or um, jewelry or stocks, bonds, what, what, anything that you could collateralize um, could be used. And a lot of times you'll also see that um, uh, it, it might not even be for that property. Maybe you just want to borrow money in general. And, uh, you know, a, a lender might not be comfortable making a loan in second position on one property. Uh, they'd, they'd like to have several properties. And I, I've actually just dealt with a commercial property just like that. And it actually prevented us right now, at least, from getting the deal. She had forgotten to tell her commercial broker that the loan she she had a cross collateralization loan on her personal residence and her storage unit uh, for three hundred and sixty five thousand, and that was the, their exact asking price. And I offered less than that, and uh, the commercial broker didn't even know that she owed that much, and it was cross collateralized. Well, one of the things that I brought up right away and we'll cover a number of different aspects of this, but this was a property that I was trying to buy. I told the broker, go back to the seller and see if she can get the, the storage units released from that note that's covering both properties if she got a significant amount of money. Uh, at that point, the house, her personal residence might be able to carry the balance. So you would have one of two things that would happen. Uh, the lender would do a release of that property and just leave that $365,000 note on her personal residence, although uh, that's probably not what should happen because if she's paying, let's say, 285000 on that note, you probably want that whole note rewritten and just put on the on our personal residence. But that might allow her to get that property released. Might not be what she wants. I think she wants the storage units to pay off the entire note and leave her house free and clear as well. But it is a possibility. What Mike uh, had brought up was, can you secure some other collateral to make up for uh, a deficiency in someone's down payment? And the, the answer is absolutely yes. However, you, you got to keep this in mind. I, I, I think in his example, he talked about a $30,000 truck. <laughs> and if that truck is free and clear, absolutely you could do it. Because you want to hold the title while that while they're paying in that down payment and then they'll, you'll give back the title when, when it's paid off. If you don't have the title, and we've talked about this, kind of like contract for deed, right? That if there's money owed on the truck, the bank is already holding the title. And now there's no way to really secure your collateral. Yes, you can have 
you you can have something in your your note saying that you have a lien against that prop that particular piece of property or truck, but what what are you going to do to go get it if there was a default? So to me, there's there's two answers. One is that I get to hold the title, or I get to hold the truck. One of the two, and but if you looked at different examples, you could certainly do all kinds of different things as long as either you can hold the possession until the the property is paid up, or you can secure your interest in something so that you could go get it. So what what if these people own some land? Even if the, the land had a mortgage, you could go secure your your $10,000 note against that property. It might be in second position, it might be in third position. And if it were free and clear, it'd be in first position. Obviously, right. you just wanna know that, you, you wanna know one of two things. If it's a small amount of money, it might not even matter if they have much or any equity. It just might matter how important is this piece, uh, this, whatever it is to them, right? Because, uh, they don't want to lose it. If they don't want to lose it, they'd have motivation to make sure that they pay you. Yeah. Obviously, equity solves all the problems, and the more equity in it, the easier it is that, hey, if they were to default, that you would just take that property, and now you own it. Yeah. Um, so, so when I heard his message, um, I initially, <coughs> my thoughts on it is that, I don't think I would take a title of a truck. I would actually advise that buyer to go and get a loan from a bank. Go get go get a title loan on that truck because I'd rather have the cash and have someone else holding the title on that. Sure. Um, especially with the vehicle because you know if you're not listed as a lien holder on their insurance, um, if you forgot that step or something or something, maybe the the truck got stolen or there's you know numerous things that can happen to a vehicle. Um, that where it would just be lost. And uh, if you weren't secured properly, you know, through insurance on it, then you would be out that if they defaulted. So I think if they had any kind of form of collateral, I would ask them to go try to get a loan from a bank or from someone else, from a friend, family member, whatever, to actually get that cash. Well, what, what, what about this, Jonathan? What if you had someone that came to you and said, Hey, I'd love this house. I want to buy it. I only have 10 grand down. I know that you're asking for 20. Uh, I'm willing to personally guarantee. So I'm going to sign on the dotted line. Uh, we, we can, we could make installment payments, not only on the, the house, but on the down payment. What if I brought in a cosigner? So I brought in, a relative, um, my son or daughter, my mother, father, my uncle, aunt, whatever, that may have, you know, maybe they have a house and it's got quite a bit of equity. Could you cross collateralize someone's other asset even? Yeah, yeah, definitely. As long as it's real estate, I would feel comfortable with it. Um, if it was any kind of you know, if it was a truck or any kind of vehicle or jewelry or something like that, I don't know that I would feel uh, good with it. But if I could go put a, you know, a, a lien on a 
another house or something like that, I would feel good about it. What about like a note? Yeah, like. Uh, what, what, what if you owned a note where you were getting paid payments each month and uh, you wanted to use that note as cross collateralization? That's interesting. Um, maybe. Yeah. Absolutely. I would do it. Uh, yeah. Depending on what that note was and, and when it was secured by. Yeah. And yeah, what, what the payment history is and all of that kind of stuff and what, what, what asset is it securing? How safe is it? But any kind of stream of income could be collateralized. Now the question really becomes is how do you secure yourself to that particular property? I mean, could you, could you even take uh, uh, really any asset? What, what, what if someone had a motorcycle and it was worth, 12 grand and uh but it was free and clear and uh i don't know that maybe they could let you hold the title maybe they would just let you hold the motorcycle until it's paid off and if it's not paid off you already own the motorcycle so you're you're already in possession of it uh but here, here's the point is that you so creative financing is creative, right? So but we, we can do a number of different things with it. And so when sometimes when you have a property that you're selling and you can get the cash that you need up front, and this is kind of like the, the topping, you, you can end up with all kinds of stuff. What about if you're not even cross collateralizing, but you're just taking stuff in trade? Um, Look, uh, I, I don't have $10,000, but I've got this hot tub. I've got this gym equipment. I've got this uh, boat, uh, an RV, uh, on yeah. and on and on. Yeah. Uh, th that's why I love creative financing. I, I had a house, this was years ago, back in probably 2003. And I bought the property and I bought all the contents in it. And I think I paid an extra $27,000 or something like that. But I got a, a Ford Thunderbird car. Yeah. I got a, a interesting Rolls Royce. Uh, car? I got this boat. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I got this boat that, not your normal boat, but it, it looked like it was out of like an Elvis Presley movie. <laughs> uh, all these paintings, furniture, uh, um, what else did I get? Gym equipment. Um, I, I mean, on and on and on. I, I, and a hot tub. And you know what I did with all of it, which was foolish. I, I thought it was so cool because I bought all this stuff and, uh, I just started basically giving it away to people. But, uh, I, I created this these relationships from it that were probably more helpful than actually having a lot of the, the stuff. But I have, I have all the paintings to this day, actually even some of the furniture. And so you, you making these kinds of trades or cross collateralization when you're selling um, is really easy. Now let's talk more about on the buying side. Uh, 
So is it possible, Jonathan, if I want to buy your property and we're talking about buying it with some kind of creative financing and we're stuck on a down payment, I either don't want to come up or I'm telling you I don't have any more money and you're saying I want more money, uh, could I say to you, look, Jonathan, I own all these different kinds of assets. Um, would you be willing to take something in trade? And that, does it have to be dollar for dollar? No. Not, not at all, right? No. I mean, if you wanted $20,000 in a down payment, could I trade you some land or could I collateralize some land that's worth 100000 that's free and clear? Or you can give me that Ford Thunderbird of yours, right? Yeah. <laughs> right, right. I think that's, that's, uh, that's a great point because if you're buying something and you don't have the cash and you do have some other form of asset, it's worth asking the question, hey, would you take this in trade? Um, and yeah, like you said, it doesn't have to be dollar for dollar value. Um, <clears throat> it could just be something that they really want that might be hard to get, like a Ford, th you know, Ford Thunderbird or something. What, what, what if you own some rentals and uh, maybe you bought these rentals subject to or with owner financing and you, you're trading your rentals and the cash flow, the equity that you have in them. Uh, one, you could trade them just outright here. Um, now I got $40,000 in equity in one. I got 25000 in another. Would you take this and the $800 a month cash flow that they're bringing in for a $50,000 down payment? I, a lot of people would consider that. Yeah, yeah. And if not, and maybe if you don't want to trade them, then you, well, first of all, isn't that a great way to get rid of something that maybe has become a headache and you no longer <laughs> want to deal with anymore? Yeah, for sure. Uh, maybe you couldn't sell it and now you're giving it away as a trade. Yeah, uh, yeah. But you could cross collateralize them too. Maybe, hey, we'll we'll take these two properties. They'd both be in second position, but I, I have a hundred thousand dollars in equity between the two. Uh, would this be enough for you to you know get forty thousand? And maybe I even allow the cash flow from these properties to be the payment to pay in my. Uh, my down payment and installments. Yeah. So I could structure it a number of ways. I could say, Hey, I'll make you payments each month until I get up to that $20,000. Or I'm just going to let you hold this collateral until, uh, you know, for a certain amount of time, I'll either just pay it in full. You know, I got to wait till next year when I get my tax returns or, uh, you know, I, I I'm getting an inheritance or I'm going to sell some stock or I'm going to do something. And so you, you could have it as installment plan where it's monthly, or it could be just a period of time, or it could be totally as part of a trade. Uh, or it could just be, Hey, I'm going to let you hold this until I refinance it. And I'll deal with, um, yeah, you, you'll get your money during the refinance. Um, and if you don't, then you get my asset. Right. Yeah. So, I, I love that question because I think that it really goes a little deeper into the whole creative financing and, and you certainly can use other assets as cross collateralization as trade 
any number of things. That The one thing that I would tell people though is make sure that you actually have an interest that you can uh, collect on. And if you don't have that interest, it's certainly gonna be hard to collect on. So you would be a little uncomfortable holding a title to a to an automobile. I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't have that problem as much. And if there were any issues, I would you know, try to resolve them. But if I have the title, and at least I feel like the assets got enough equity to cover me, I'm okay. Right. If yeah. there's, if there's no title to hold, uh, yeah, well, what are we going to do? How does that protect me? That's really the question that I'd want to be sure of. Yeah. And I love this topic too, because it, it, it really is creative, um, you know, in, in its nature, because if you don't have, if you don't have the cash, but you know, there's other means or you have, um, even like you talk about family members that you could collateralize their properties with. I mean, that, that is just using leverage, right? It's just, I mean, being using creative financing is really just using leverage and leveraging everything you have, whether it's relationships or assets. Um, and I, I definitely, uh, agree with your point that, you know, you, whatever, if, if you're the seller and you're taking something in trade, just make sure you're secure on that and you have to feel comfortable with it, you know, yourself. Um, like I, I probably wouldn't feel comfortable taking a a car title, but you would, um, but you gotta, you gotta just make sure that you're secured. So if you take title, then, you know, you do want to be, uh, at least if if they're driving the vehicle still, you want to be a lien holder, uh, on the insurance. Right. Um, so that would be making sure you're secured in case something happened, or if it's a piece of property, real estate, you, you gotta be, you gotta, you know, um, file a, do a, a title check. Or mortgage. Yeah. Do a title check. That'd yeah. be a good thing. And yeah. make sure there's actually equity there. Um, but you know, you file something on title to secure your interest, whether it's a notice of interest or notice memorandum or whatever. It'd probably um, be a trustee note. Yep. And that's, I, yeah. Because so, I'd want to be able to foreclose on it. Um, so the notice of interest ties it up, but that doesn't get me that property. If, if the seller defaults. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Yeah, for sure. Cause you got to be able to collect on that money. So that's right. Always ask well, yourself how you can collect or how you can sell that collateral. Yeah. That, 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 and that's the one question that you want to be sure of is make sure that it's worth whatever it is that's that you're collateralizing. And second that uh, you want to be sure that you can collect if you need to collect. One of the, the, the last point I want to make is so, but we talked briefly about bringing in like a co-signer. When, when we're selling on owner financing, a, a lot of our buyers are typically uh, borrowers that can't necessarily go to the bank and get a loan. So their credit might not be the best. Uh, I, I would hope that either you're selling to people that have like isolated credit um, incidents or uh, someone that's self-employed or someone that's just been recently divorced or something, right? And, but if you brought in, now think about this. So if, if I'm, if someone's coming, if I, if I sign a document with you, Jonathan, to buy my house and you sign on the dotted line, well, 
I not I have a personal guarantee against you. Now you, you've personally guaranteed that note to me. So not only can I come back and get the property, but if if I don't get all of the money that I'm supposed to, I can come after you individually. Yeah. And so now if you add another person and that person has assets, well now you have two people to go to rather than one, which is usually enough to get paid. But if they now have assets, they, they, they're putting those assets at risk. Yeah. And really what the goal here is, is that either you, you want certain assets because you can get them, or two, you just want to be secure that you're going to get your money, right? And sometimes just adding that cosigner might get you your money. Um, you know, we, we have some student housing type uh, properties and we we always get a cosigner right the, the, these are college kids that this may be their first place that they've ever applied for and uh, college kids don't necessarily take the best uh, care of a property right um, they, they, they forget to clean they, they throw stuff down the toilet or the disposal <laughs> and uh, but they're just starting out that they don't have much credit, if any, and they don't have any money, but their parents may. And right. when they co-sign now, the parents are on the hook. Right. Yep. Well, uh, that was a great topic and I think we should wrap it up here. Yep. Um, and I, and I do, uh, thanks Mike for, if you're listening to this, uh, for, uh, calling in and, and asking that because, something that we really haven't talked about on the show before, um, you know, cross collateralization. Um, so yeah, I, I, and, and I like your thoughts on it, Jeff, uh, especially with the co-signer, that's kind of, um, you know, that's, a that's something you can keep up your sleeve if you're looking to buy property and in, you know, maybe you are just starting out, but you can always, you know, come in and say, Hey, do you mind if someone else co-signs, you know, would that make you feel more comfortable? Um, so all about, you know, putting tools in your tool belt, right? That's right. Creative financing. <clears throat> so, all right, guys, we're going to wrap it up there. Um, I hope you've enjoyed this episode and if you have, please rate and review our show. Uh, we're, we're still trying to blow this thing up and, and get in front of as many people as we can. Um, we appreciate your ear. And uh, if you want to get a hold of us, you can reach us on our hotline at 877-409-8090. You can also text uh, CFP to that number, Creative Financing to that number uh, to get special access to a step-by-step video on how to create offers that Jeff put together. Um, and you can find all of our episodes at the creativefinancingpodcast.com. They're archived there. Um, so if you're unable to go back to the first 10 or 15 episodes in iTunes, because they only hold so many episodes in, uh, in their database at one time, um, you can always go to, uh, to our website and, uh, any last words, Jeff, you want to talk about your apprenticeship program? Do we want to talk about our class yet or uh, cause it's coming soon, our education uh, yeah, we can mention that. So, guys, we're putting to we're putting together right now um, uh, kind of an all-in-one place uh, for creative financing, and um, 
where there's you know it's going to it's going to be a kind of an access protected site um, and we're going to be uh, it's where we're going to have you know all of our videos step-by-step uh, -step videos on um, you know different subject matter and uh, kind of everything we've put together so far um, do you want to talk a little bit about that Jeff yeah a lot of people have contacted me either about our apprentice program that we offer and our apprentice program isn't necessarily creative finance people have uh, people have reached out and asked if if Jonathan and I would be willing to mentor people just on creative finance and I don't want to be necessarily a mentor I, what, what I'd rather be is a, a teacher and or coach and I, I want to make sure that we utilize uh, everyone's time in the best way possible so we created a program that will allow people to kind of go at their own pace be supplemented with some uh, monthly calls and where we can go over deals together and um, I'm hoping we're going to launch this here in the next week two, most something like that and uh, so if you're interested in that just call the hotline and uh, keep in mind we're just getting this started so it'll take a little bit be patient but uh, I already know we, we have like two three four five people that I have I got a text last night when's it going when's it up and so we're excited about it hopefully you guys will enjoy it and uh, we'll go from there awesome cool guys well until next time go out there and create some terms thanks for listening to the creative financing podcast we need your feedback to continue to bring you the best strategies in creative financing so please subscribe rate and review the show on itunes or wherever you get your podcasts we greatly appreciate your ear and please pass this on until next time create some terms this show offers general information on creative financing strategies and real estate investments. Nothing contained herein should be considered personal, legal, or financial advice. Every state has individual laws governing the use and type of documents used to execute strategies discussed herein. You should consult with a local licensed real estate broker and attorney before relying on any information contained herein. Information is not guaranteed, and opinions of the guests are their own. Profits are not guaranteed, and there's always inherent risk in real estate investing.